Are you at a place where you just wish you could make peace with being single and not be so unhappy with it? That's what we're going to talk about in this episode of Wonderful Life. How to start making peace with your singleness. And this is not about resigning yourself and giving up. It's about being in a contented, peaceful space. So stay tuned to Wonderful Life. I'm Mary Dittman. For years, I struggled with being unhappy because I'm single and I don't want to be. But I've learned how to be happy while I'm single. If you're ready to find peace as a single woman, you're ready for a wonderful life. Hi, I'm Mary Dittman. I'm an award-winning business professor on the collegiate level and the creator of College on Fleek and Wonderful Life. Wonderful Life is my way of describing how it feels when you've made peace with being single. Now, I know that there are plenty of women out there who don't want to be in a relationship and they say, oh, I'm fine by myself. I don't want a man. That's not how I feel and I've never felt that way. I've always wanted to be married and have a family, but I'm well over 40 and that hasn't happened for me. And for a long time, my singleness was really a source of sadness for me and I was very unhappy because part of my definition of having a fulfilled life is being a wife and a mother and I didn't have that. And I think it's funny that people would interpret my professional demeanor as, well, she's okay with being single and she's all right with it and it doesn't bother her. But on the inside, I was very sad and it really did bother me that I was single. Now today, I'm in a peaceful place. I would still prefer not to be single. I would prefer to have a husband and a family, but I am single and I've learned to make peace with it. Now, making peace is not the same as resigning. Resigning is, okay, I give up. It's never going to happen. I'll just, why bother? That's resignation. And that's coming from a place of defeat and negativity. And it doesn't feel good. And I know because I've tried it. When you start making peace with being single, you get to a place where you say, okay, I would rather be with somebody, but I'm not right now. And I'm going to be okay with that. And what can I do to have a fulfilling life even if I'm single? The analogy I like to think about is when I'm traveling, I prefer when I get upgraded to first class. That's my preference. But there are a lot of flights where I don't get an upgrade, and so I travel in coach. Well, I can sit there for a four or five hour flight and be mad and upset and angry because I didn't get an upgrade, and I can make myself miserable. Or I can say, okay, I didn't get an upgrade on this flight. What can I do to enjoy this flight in coach and make it as pleasant for myself as possible? That's the same thing when you're single and you don't wanna be. Yeah, you'd prefer to be married or be in a relationship, but you're not. So you want to be in a good space. Let's go back to my airline example. If I'm sitting in coach and I'm just being a jerk and I'm being mean to the flight attendants and I am just have a scowl on my face and I'm pouting and stomping and throwing my stuff around, well, they're not gonna to wanna to help me with anything. Whereas if I'm nice and I'm pleasant and I have that 
sort of vibe or energy that says, hey, you know, I'm here to be a blessing and hey, I'm here to enjoy myself. You never know. Sometimes a flight attendant will say, we've got an extra seat, come on up. And I believe it's the same thing with the universe. God doesn't reward us when we pout around and throw a tantrum. The reason it's important to be in a good space and to be in a place where you feel peaceful is because when you're upset and angry and sad and you've given up and you've resigned yourself to this horrible life of being single, you're not attractive, meaning you won't attract people to you. And you know people like this. You've probably worked with people or been in school with someone that they're just sort of like Debbie Downer. And every time you see them, they're you know moping about something or they have a problem or they have some kind of drama. You really don't want to hang out with them. Well, listen, no man is looking for a woman who's depressed and upset and who has given up on life. Men don't want that in their life. They want happiness and they want joy and they want to feel good. And it's not about faking it. It's about getting to that place where you say, I'm, I'm good, I have a good life and if this doesn't change and I remain single, I'm going to be okay and I'm gonna make sure I enjoy my trip. Now, I used to really blame a lot of things for my singleness. I would blame things from my childhood, family dynamics. I would blame guys are jerks, there aren't any good guys. I would blame my friends, because why aren't they setting me up with people? I would blame God, why is God making me stay single? The universe, bad luck. But when I got to the point where I realized my singleness is a result of decisions I have made. And that is why I am here at a place of singleness. So the first thing I had to do was really look at my journey up until this point, what had transpired that led me to being single when I'm well into my 40s. And I started to realize that it really wasn't about the quality of men out there or what my parents did or didn't help me with growing up or even what the universe had or had not done in my opinion. It was really about me taking responsibility for the way that I approach relationships. And I had some core beliefs that were counterproductive and I think were probably keeping good men away. Now, it is true that Demographically, there aren't as many single professional men over 40. Depends on what you're looking for. In terms of what I'm looking for, there are fewer men available. And that's why it's been really important for me to get to a place of peacefulness and contentment because it is a very real possibility that my singleness won't change. And more than anything, I just was tired of being unhappy. So I'm gonna share with you three of the core beliefs I had that I think were contributing to keeping me single. Maybe you have these, maybe you have some different ones. First of all, I believed that I was single because there was something wrong with me. And I saw my singleness as continuing evidence that clearly there was something wrong with me because I still wasn't married. Or the only men who seemed to wanna marry me were the men I didn't wanna marry. 
So when I was thinking, well, there must be something wrong with me, I was in a mode of, so I need to fix it. I need to figure out what's wrong with me, and then I need to fix it. So, of course, I would scrutinize myself and, well, I need to work out, I need to eat right, and I need to do this and go here and be like this and do my makeup a certain way and be involved in certain things. And I need to constantly be figuring out what is wrong with me that I can't seem to attract a man to marry. Now, the problem with that is when you're and this is even just going on in your head. It's not like you're sharing this with every person who passes by. But when this is the vibe that you're putting out and you're saying, what's wrong with me? What's wrong? I got to fix it. I, gotta, I need to fix it. Things aren't good enough. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I got to figure it out. Maybe I need to lose weight. Maybe I need to look better. Maybe I, I need to do more things. Maybe I need to go here and be this. That's a very frantic, uptight, critical energy. And just, this isn't scientific, but just from informally talking to men of all ages, never have any of them said, I want a woman who's frantic, uptight, and critical. So if you have that core belief that, well, I'm single because there's clearly something wrong with me, or if you've ever thought that, then you're going to want to take a look at that. The second core belief I had was that well, whoever shows up must be the one. I didn't understand the difference between acceptance and settling. Now, psychologically, it is human behavior that if someone likes you, you are more likely to like them back. And as women, because we're relationship focused, when someone likes us, if we don't like them back, we will sometimes feel guilty about that and feel like, well, gosh, they're being so nice. They're good on paper. I really should like this guy. I should really have feelings for him. Now, I thought that if a man came into my life and he wasn't what I was looking for, that perhaps this was the universe trying to show me to not be so rigid and uptight and to be more accepting of people where they were. Today, I realized that that's not what was going on. What was going on was that I would meet a man who for whatever reason was not what I was looking for. Maybe the chemistry wasn't there. Maybe the financial compatibility wasn't there. Maybe the professional compatibility wasn't there. It's not that I needed to hang in there and make this work and not be so judgmental. It's not judgmental to say, I want a man who can provide for me financially. Here's the standard. Either you meet it or you don't. You might be a great guy, but you're not meeting the standard, therefore I'm not going to go out with you. I mean, just because a stray cat crosses in front of you does not mean that you're meant to take it home with you. And so you wanna look at what kind of meaning are you assigning to the types of men that you're meeting. If you're meeting people and you're thinking like, well, this is who showed up, so this must be the person God has for me, not necessarily. You can accept people but not get into a relationship with them. A third core belief I had that was really counterproductive for me was believing that, well, I have to make this work. I really need to make this relationship work because I might not ever meet anybody else. And that's very normal, especially the older that you get. I've seen my students do this when it comes to jobs. They'll ask me, 
I interviewed and this place made me an offer. I don't really want this job. I don't want to work there. But what if I can never find another job? Maybe I should just take this one because I don't have any other offers. And what I tell them is, well, okay, but if you take this job, you definitely won't be able to take another one. And it's not like you're only going to be offered one job in your whole life. Well, it's the same with relationships, but I would put so much pressure that this is it, this is who's here, I need to make this work, that I would ignore red flags and I wouldn't even listen to my own heart when I felt like I'm not attracted to this person or this isn't what I want. I would have so much pressure that, yeah, but what if this is it and I never meet anybody else, I need to make this work. And when you're focused on, I need to make this work, one of two things is probably gonna happen. Number one, you're gonna act in a way that you think you should act to keep that guy around. Or number two, you're going to still be yourself, but you really don't have feelings for him, but you're going to try to act like you do because you want to make the relationship work. And that's really not fair to him because he deserves to be with someone who really loves him and is excited about him. I was involved with someone for a while that was a good guy, but honestly, I was never in love with him. And after we broke up, he met someone, they ended up getting married, and she loves him. She thinks he is the best thing. She's excited about him, she adores him. She feels for him all the things that I didn't feel. And that's what he wanted. He wanted a woman who was really in love with him and I wasn't. And I mentioned that one thing that you might do if you have the pressure of I need to make this work is you might start to act in a way that you think is gonna keep the man around. And that's something else I used to do. And my friends would even comment on it. One time a guy broke up with me and said, I don't know, I just, when I first met you, you just seemed like kind of fun and cool and carefree and now you just are kind of like not you just I don't know you're just different you're not really what I thought you were and I was sharing this with some of my girlfriends and they said yeah we know what he means you're like kind of boring when you're dating somebody because you it's like you don't have an opinion anymore you're like okay sure what do you think or sure that's fine or okay, let's go here, or no, I won't go do this, let's go do what you wanna do. And my friends were even telling me like, you're not fun anymore when you're dating somebody. And I started to really look at that and realize, yeah, that's because I'm thinking like, I just need to be like super agreeable so that he won't have a reason to break up with me. The problem was the guy broke up with me because I wasn't being myself. He wanted to get to know me because of how I was. So I stopped being who I was, and then he didn't want to get to know me anymore. Now, we've touched on a lot of things in this episode. We can unpack these in greater detail at another time. But Wonderful Life is a dialogue, not a monologue, and I want to hear from you. What is your struggle? Is there anything that you're struggling with in your singleness? And have you made peace with being single? Put that in the comments, because we'd love to hear from you. You can always connect with us at wonderfullife.com and make sure you check out my blog. It goes up every Friday at wonderfullife.com and we'll see you next time.